Our industry has gone basically unchanged for the last 200 plus years. And because of the pandemic, they have uh, sped up our evolution uh, by at least a decade or two, right? Changes all around us. The, the, the very fabric of our industry has changed and will continue to change. I said this on previous podcasts. I'll uh, reiterate it here. As crazy as the last 18 months were, the next 18 months, I believe, are going to be even crazier because of what our customers are going to expect from us. So on today's episode, I want to take a look five years into the future. I want to talk about what our industry is going to look like, I think, in the next five years. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly podcast all about helping chefs and operators build more profitable restaurants. Each week, we toggle back and forth between a monologue-style format and an interview, but the goal is always the same, to take complicated concepts, right, either on the marketing side or on the operation side, and make them understandable and actionable. Why? Because like I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, over the last month, I've taught a handful of webinars, and many of you have reached out because you missed the previous ones, and I've gotten a bunch of requests to teach more, so I'm going to oblige. I will give this webinar just two more times on Monday, January 24th and Tuesday, January 25th, The Two Secrets to Restaurant Profitability. We will talk about what profit is, literally what it is, and then I want to talk about what it really is, meaning uh, what it is at a deeper level, and I, I want to talk about why that is important. I'm then going to share with you my two biggest secrets to restaurant profitability. On the revenue side, I want to show you the very best way I know how to drive more revenue. And then on the expense side, I want to give you a framework for guarding against a 20% profit margin. Yes, you heard me right. This is what I teach to my clients. This is, well, this is how I structure the relationship with my clients when I coach with them. I want to teach you how to achieve 20% profits in your business, and then I want to show you how to teach your team to guard that profit. Secure your spot now by visiting restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash webinar. Again, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash webinar. Of course, that link is in the show notes. Now, on today's episode, we're talking all about the future. I'm going to look into my crystal ball, and I, and I want to look five years into the future, which may seem like a really long time from now, but it's not. If We've seen how quickly the last two years have gone and just how much change has happened in the last two years. I promise you, there's a lot more change coming, and it's up to us to see that change, acknowledge that change, embrace that change, and gear ourselves up for it. Otherwise, we got a rude awakening coming our way. So there are a series of areas that I want to cover over the course of this episode. Short and sweet, we're not going to hit them any uh, for too long, but I think it's really important that we start discussing this, right? First and foremost, I, I don't know how, I, how, we can, how we can not talk about technology. Technology, I promise you, will be embraced more broadly. Over the last 20 years, we've watched, uh, we've watched as technology has upended uh, everything from retail to travel to medicine to education, 
everything, right? It's upended every part of our life. Now work, look at how it's upending our work life. Suddenly we had to go to work and you know, a majority of the world uh, had to go to work, work nine to five in their office. And now we've suddenly realized that we've got the tools at home to accomplish our work at home. And actually then we save a, a meaningful amount of our day, right? Maybe two hours. We were used to commuting in for an hour, commuting out for an hour. Well, now we've reclaimed those two hours in, over the last two years. And for a lot of people, that's meant, hey, I get to do a workout in the morning and I get to do uh, prepare a home-cooked meal at night. All that time I'm not spent on a train. All that time I'm not spent in my car fighting traffic. So technology has changed education now, right? We, we've seen how online courses have exploded. I, I've launched my own online course because I believe um, I believe in that way of education. I've learned a ton from that, and I believe it's easy to teach people um, who, who are willing, who are self-starters, who are willing to put in the time. I believe it's a, uh, it's a really powerful way of teaching. But now we're watching all kinds of schools, right? High schools, uh, higher education, colleges, uh, masters. I got my uh, masters. I did an executive MBA program, and I, I got my masters uh, completely online. And, and I don't think I lost anything out of the experience. Travel, right? We used to have travel agents, and now we've got Expedia and Orbitz, and, and you just book everything online. Now medicine, now telemedicine has come out largely due to the pandemic. It existed before, but now when, when people didn't want to have to go out and, and sit in a waiting room with a bunch of other people, we figured, that, we figured out that some things could just be handled pretty successfully uh, through telemedicine business. Surely uh, therapy is one, uh, is one key way that we've, that we've been doing this. Not only uh, have, have, have we been able to move therapy online, but a lot more people have gone into therapy, taken advantage of those services merely because of the privacy component, right? That you don't have to go to a, a psychiatrist's office. You don't have to sit in that waiting room. Nobody's gonna see you. It happens uh, from the, the comfort of your own home. Now technology is going to change our industry. It has already started, but what, what, what drives me crazy is all the things that we learned over the pandemic and, and how many operators are now walking all those things back, right? All the, all the technolo uh, technological solutions you put into practice and now we're going back to the way things are, right? We got paper menus, we got waiters, we've got all the things that we had before the pandemic and then we're complaining because we can't, uh, because we can't find enough staff. Well, over the pandemic, you figured out a way to operate with less staff, but now you're right back to the way things were. So who's the bigger fool here? When we're looking at technology, I want you to understand that in the next five years, customers won't fight it in the way that, that you may think they're fighting it now. In fact, they will embrace it and they will come to expect it, right? There, it will become very obvious, uh, e even just over the next 12 to 18 months, how many people we can replace with technology. And not that I want to replace people, but I want to utilize people in better ways, right? I want to use them to engage, to sell. Um, in, 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 I want to use their skills and their talents in ways that computers can't do. There are things that computers can do, so let's let the computers do them. And then there are things that only the people can do. So let's let the computers do the thing that they can handle so that we can free the people up to do the things that only the people can do. I've talked a lot about this, about kiosks, about table ordering, uh, the use of QR codes, the use of um, uh, CRM systems, loyalty, segmentation, all of that. So let's go through that, right? Kiosks, the, the data is clear. Kiosks in a quick service or fast casual environment ups the basket size, You know, increases the check average, the, the check size, by 10 to 15%, that is not a made up number. That number exists, that, that data is hard. Go, Google it, search 
Go find the answers. You'll find exactly what I've found. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of people, both on the tech side and on the operator side, who concur with the data that exists out there from places like the Wall Street Journal and Forbes, right? These are reputable publications that are talking about this. And I've spoken to people in the know, people who can tell me firsthand that it's absolutely true. So kiosks, meaning instead of somebody going up to the counter and ordering their food with somebody behind the register, we just go to a kiosk, right? We're already seeing now uh, people are, uh, you know, different companies have their own apps where they use QR codes to order all your food and then it'll just get put up at the window or it'll just get delivered to your table. All of these uh, technology solutions exist to help us make better restaurants, more efficient restaurants, more profitable restaurants. I'm telling you, if you still have a person behind the counter taking an order, that is going to disappear unless that person is a value add, is improving the guest experience in some measurable, meaningful way, you don't need them. Unless they're driving more revenue because their ability to upsell, I'm telling you, you don't need them. The computers can do this better. And it's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, make it swifter. It's going to get the orders in quicker. And then you take all those people and you just have them making the food. Or you have the people really engaging, really there to answer questions. Make sure people know how to use the technology. Be there to ask questions and, and, to, and to start conversation. So kiosks in a fast casual or QSR uh, environment are absolutely changing the world. You see this with everything from McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, Shake Shack. They are all embracing it. Even Subway. Subway, who, who owned, who loved, who was known for their sandwich artists, right? You go to the counter and, and they, you walk down the assembly line as they put on the cheese, the vegetables, the, the meats, all of that. It is disappearing. It is a thing of the past. Kiosks are making it incredibly hard to maintain the old system. If you're maintaining the old system for any other reason than because you're improving the guest experience, you have to rethink this. Now, table ordering. Talked about table ordering. We did this a lot during the pandemic, right? People come in, they use their phone to scan a QR code, they order all their food, they press submit, they pay on their phone, and then the food is simply brought to them. Some version of that needs to stick around. Some version of that will become the norm for casual restaurants. So when we talk about full service restaurants, right, that encapsulates everything from uh, kind of a cheap pizza place up to a casual restaurant, uh, like, a, like a tavern or an Applebee's or a, a TGI Fridays, all the way up to the finest of fine dining. And I think what we're gonna see in the future is another separation, right? So we've got QSR, we got fast casual. I think we're gonna have something else here I don't know what it's called, someone else can name it. Then we're gonna have a casual restaurant, then we're gonna have fine dining. And I think that little section here is actually gonna be huge. I think it's probably like 50% of the restaurants in this country, or at least 50% of the current full service restaurants. Meaning that there are gonna, there, there are gonna be a whole type of concept where you come in and there is no server. Not, not a server in the way that we think of, not a waiter in the way that we think of one. Instead of 10 servers on a floor, you're gonna have four, and they're gonna act like mini managers in those stations. They're gonna act like ambassadors. So they're gonna be there to greet you. Hi, I'm Chip, I'll be taking care of you today. Have you been here before? Have you been here recently? No? Great, let me walk you through it. You handle all of the ordering. Right, So everything is here in the system. You'll order everything. I'm here if you have any questions. I'm here to guide you through the menu. Uh, I, I can get you drinks once your check is open. I can go ahead and access that check. That check, I can, uh, I can add on drinks. I can order more food for you. I'm here to help you where you need, but you don't need me. All you need is your phone or this tablet or this device, however the concept 
plans on rolling this out. But the idea is that the the people, the guests, are going to handle all the ordering. Now, is this right for fine dining? Absolutely not. Is this right for all concepts? No, absolutely not. But there's a huge percentage, I'm guessing about 50% at least, of the current full-service restaurants where this is absolutely fine, where we're not taking, we're not losing anything from the experience, right? Where the servers are already stretched thin, uh, they're already not particularly knowledgeable about the food, right? Maybe they're high school students or college students, they don't really care, They fine, get rid of them. Instead of, think about this, instead of having 10 servers on the floor, what if you got rid of your six worst servers and just had your four best servers on the floor? And then they get the tips, they're actually gonna make more money this is the best way I know for a lot of restaurants to cut down on front of house labor, to finally throw them into an area of profitability uh, that they've been wishing for, dreaming for, trying to achieve, and have never been able to get there. This is a way to cut down. So kiosks and table ordering, right? That people would, that there's a whole subset of restaurants where you don't need a waiter to take your order. Again, I've, I've said this before, a waiter's job is wildly inefficient. They spend half their night either at a table copying stuff down or going into the corner to regurgitate that into the computer. And all that time they're spent at one table, they're ignoring their other three, four, five, ten 10 tables, right? And then when they're at the computer plugging that in, they're ignoring all of their tables. What I'm gonna do is put the power into the guest's hands to empower them to do it, make it fun. Make it entertaining for them to order their own food. Then that frees up my servers from the busy work. Then they can be there to really guide people through the, the, uh, the experience, to really upsell them, to really engage with the guests in a meaningful way. The biggest pushback I get from operators, they say, well then we're, not, we're gonna lose the personality, we're gonna lose that personal touch at the tables. And I say that right now there is no personal touch, very little, because so much of it is just perfunctory. Let me take your order and then I gotta go because I gotta go take somebody else's order and then I gotta plug that into the, the computer system in the corner. But if we free the server of that job, they can actually do what operators are telling me they want them to do, which is be on the floor, in their station, anticipating the guest needs, engaging with the guests, upselling, guiding them through the meal to increase the check average. That's what I want, that's what you want, and really that's what the guest wants as well. Let's give it to them and I promise you that other restaurants are gonna start doing this. The big groups, the big chains are already starting to think in this direction because they're looking at their entire workforce over their entire uh, their entire fleet of restaurants and they're saying, wow, we can save a lot of money. They're gonna do it at Chili's, at Applebee's, at Olive Garden. They're gonna start doing it and your guests are gonna start uh, feeling it there. They're gonna start embracing it and accepting it there and then they're gonna come expect it at your restaurant. You can be the last one to the party or you can be the first one to start the party. That's what I'm working so hard on now. It's what I'm working with so many of my clients on right now. I promise you, this is the way of the future. Five years from now, you're gonna laugh. All of us are gonna laugh that this was ever a, a, a consideration, that, that we were ever debating this. So kiosk service, table ordering. We're gonna have more personalized experience as well. I want you to think about your Amazon experience, right? I, I've said this before. When you log into your Amazon, it's wildly different than my Amazon experience, right? Amazon knows me pretty well. It knows what I look at, what I order, about how much I spend. It knows what to show me when I log in. It knows what to send uh, to send me emails about. Same thing with you. I think we will come to expect that in all areas of our life, not just in Amazon, right? Hotels have been getting really good at this. The airlines have been getting really good at this. If you start looking at uh, an airline, 
uh, at a flight to a specific destination, they will start talking to you about that destination and other similar destinations. Meaning if I look at a European vacation, right, I look at a trip to Paris, it's going to start showing me London and Madrid and Berlin and Paris. It's going to start saying, well, here, here are some other options for you to consider. Likewise, if I start looking at Cancun, they're going to send me stuff for Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic and Cancun and Tulum and, and all of these different areas. going to say, hey, we know kind of what this guy's looking to do right? We are going to have to do the same thing. And I don't know how we accomplish that on a, on, a, on a macro or micro level. I'm just saying that I think the people, the, the brands, the concepts that figure out how to do it without just having a, an enormous menu, right? So the, the answer to this has always been like Cheesecake Factory. We'll just have an enormous menu so that everybody, right, will, have, will be something to everyone, Right, we've got something for everyone. That we'll have so many items that everyone will find something that they like. And I don't think that's a sustainable solution for the vast majority of concepts out there. But there's something else where we can modify, where we can personalize, where we can individualize the experience. Not just the dining experience, but the way we engage with our people as well. Super, super important, right? Finally then, um, we have better tools and we're going to continue to get better tools to track and analyze and then take action on that data. And I've talked a lot about uh, Seven Rooms, uh, certainly a Pop Menu, another one of our sponsors here, um, has, has robust solutions uh, to be able to do this, to get to understand your guest, right? To get to learn more about them, understand what that means, and then to put that into action. That's the, we keep saying, we keep hearing this over and over and over again, right? People say, oh, we just did data. The key is data. It's all about data. And I push back and I say, BS. We have had data for decades. For 20, 25 years, Open Table has existed in our restaurants and has allowed us to take notes and to make notes on certain guests, on certain reservations. The problem is, we don't know how to take action. How can we use that right now, right? So the, the way we've used it for the last 20 years is we take that data and we use that to create a great experience the next time they come in. But we haven't really been able to use that data to get them to come back in. All of that is changing. We're now learning so much more about our guest, about what we can say to our guests to get them to come back in to engage with them in a more meaningful way. And this really goes hand in hand with this, what I said right before here, the, the personalized experiences, right? If we know that somebody's a big wine spender, we should be able to tag them as such, or they should automatically get tagged anytime they spend $200 or more on a bottle of wine or $500 or more on a bottle of wine, so that when we've got the fancy wine dinner series coming up, that we automatically have a, have a, a group of people that we know are coming in. And we shouldn't have to do that manually. There are tools out there now, really robust, incredible tools that are, um, that are allowing us, um, that are allowing us to, to do that automatically, right? Where they auto tag, where the, the, the POS and the reservation software integrates, becomes a powerful CRM and automatically tags. Anytime anybody orders a, a fancy steak, they get tagged. Anytime they uh, order caviar, they get tagged. Anytime they order a bottle of wine uh, over a certain amount, they get tagged. And so then we can just say, send this email to everybody with this tag. It's never, it's never been possible before. And now, over the last couple of years, we have incredible tools. If you are not embracing these tools to track, understand, analyze, and take action 
attraction for your guests, you are going to lose out on something huge. And again, this is now a new tool now and five years from now, because again, we're looking five years into the future, five years from now, it's just gonna be expected from our guests. They're gonna expect us to send them personalized emails. They're not gonna wanna get uh, blasts, right? Like uh, vague blasts that are meant for 40,000 people. They're gonna want a message that uh, that's supposed to be sent to 300 people, right? That's what you have to do. So technology in all of its ways is going to get easier. It's going to be more widely accepted. Those who embrace tech will succeed. Those who fail to embrace technology in all of these different ways will get left behind. I promise you. If you're if you're not taking advantage of all these tools out there, you are going to get left behind. Now, the next thing, as I look into the future, technology obviously has a huge piece. I wanted to start with that. But the other thing I want to talk about is convenience. I think convenience will rule five years from now. I think we are just at the tip of the iceberg. Uh, a couple of uh, weeks back, I had uh, Carl Orsburn and Meredith Sandlin on the show. They wrote a book called Delivering the Digital Restaurant. I think that book um, is one of the most timeless and timely uh, books uh, that I've that I've ever read. I think it's true now, and I think it will continue to resonate and become more true and more true as we go on. Five years from now, people will expect a type of convenience that we can't even imagine right now. And that being said, they're going to need a reason to come out, right? So for any of you that create in-person dining experiences. Number one, you're gonna to need to think about the convenience factor. How do you make it more convenient? How do you come to them? You're going to have to create a product, whether that's takeout, whether that's delivery, whether that's at-home meal kits, whether that's a private chef service, whether that's catering, whatever that is, however you solve that, think of convenience. People want convenience. They want what they want, when they want it, where they're already at. They're not gonna want to come all the way down to your restaurant to get what it is they want. That's gonna sh really shift over the next five years. Wait till you see it. You need a plan in place for providing your customers, your diners, with a convenient product, right? You need to serve those people in the way that they wanna be served. Convenience is gonna be something they want. But then on the other side, you're gonna have to create a compelling case to get people out and get people to come to your restaurant. A, a restaurant that's simply good isn't gonna be good enough because in five years, they're gonna be able to get great food at home, right? Delivered right to their door, maybe even prepared in their home. That's gonna be the new normal. So you've gotta create an exceptional experience. Seth Godin always talks about the remarkable, right? The purple cow. You're gonna have to give people a reason to come out. You have to give people a reason to talk about you. Just simply by being good, good doesn't get talked about. When I have a good pizza, I don't tell anybody about it. I'm like, great, it was good. I'm glad it was good. I, I expected it to be good. I talk about a great pizza, a unique pizza, a different, a wildly interesting pizza. I don't talk about good pizza. There are plenty of good pizzas, right? Seth Godin in that book, Purple Cow, uh, makes the point. It says the opposite, right? The enemy of remarkable is very good. Don't be very good, nobody cares. You've gotta be remarkable. Go to the edges. You've gotta give people a reason to come out and join you. Likewise, convenience is gonna, is gonna become a race to the bottom. Who can get here fastest? Who can get here the cheapest? Who can get here most often? 
you know, more, more, most regular, whatever. That becomes a race to the bottom. Cheaper, faster, more convenient, closer, all of that. You've got to give people a reason to order from you. Maybe because it's because you offer a, an extraordinary, remarkable experience in the home, and you also offer a remarkable, extraordinary experience in your restaurant. Convenience is going to be key, and it's going to force us to rethink everything about what we do, how we do it, and why we do what we do. I cannot impress this enough. Now, last thing I want to talk about before we go to one of our sponsors is uh, I want to talk about new business models. I've talked about this before. Uh, you heard about um, you heard me talk about this at the very top of this episode. Um, I believe that restaurant operators deserve 20% profit margin. I believe there's a way to get there, and I believe you've got to be uh, systematic in your approach so that you can guard against those 20 against those 20%. But part of the way we do this is by embracing new models, right? The the restaurant model was invented at least the one we know more than 200 years ago and has basically gone unchanged, right? We used to write orders down on a on a dupe pad and bring the paper back to the chef. Now we've got a POS terminal that uh, that's computerized uh, where we tap it in and send it back to the chef. But it's the same function. The server orders, the server sends it to the kitchen. You know, likewise, we used to have a big book to take reservations, and then we have a reservation system. But it's still the same thing. Somebody calls, we take down their information, they come at the appointed time. But all of that is changing, and I think we have to be willing to embrace new business models. Part of this is understanding our, the various revenue streams we have, you know, diversifying those revenue streams. I think by diversifying those revenue streams will force us to come up with new business models. Gone are the days when we can just make our money in one way. Uh, right now, as I'm recording this, uh, we've got a snowstorm here in New York City. Uh, we've got, I don't know, six, seven inches of snow dropped on the city. And I promise you, no one, no one, no one is going out to dinner tonight. No one. So do you have a system? Do operators have a system in place to be able to serve the people that they were going to serve one way, right? Because these people still want to be served. They weren't counting on, uh, on on making dinner tonight. They had already made a reservation. They were planning on going out and being taken care of. So now can you flip it around and can you still take care of them, right? Do you have a delivery and takeout model in place? Do you have a home meal kit in place? Do you have uh, catering in place? Do you have um, private chef services in place? Do you have education class in place? Do you have retail products? In Do you have other ways to make money beyond just the one way when they come in, order food, pay you for that food? This is going to be super crucial as we move forward. Five years from now, restaurants aren't going to be restaurants. They're going to be businesses that do many things, and a restaurant is just one of the things they do. They're also going to teach cooking classes. They're also going to uh, provide retreats. They're also going to do at-home meal kits. They're also going to provide private in-home chef services. They're also go on and on and on and on. We are going to come to expect this from our restaurants. And again, I've said this before. The audience here for this podcast are almost exclusively independent operators, right? Small to mid-sized businesses, mom and pop shops. You got one or two concepts, uh, you know, maybe a handful of locations, but you are small. This is a personal, private business. But I'm telling you, the big groups, the big chains are going to come after you because they have the resources to figure all of this out. And they are going to figure this out very, very quickly. We can beat them to the punch. We can be a first mover. Yes, it takes a little bit of work, takes a little bit of organization, but not as much as you'd think. Right? So when we move forward, we have to rethink our business model. 
More on that in just a second. I got a few more predictions and they circle back to this idea. But first, a word from our sponsor. The most successful restaurants take brand and design very seriously. That includes uh, aesthetics like architecture, lighting, and music, all the way down to the silverware and the plating. But a restaurant is nothing without the people that make it come alive. And so the natural question that I ask you is how do you dress your staff? Stock manufacturing has been crafting premium apparel since 2012 and are consistently called upon by Michelin-starred restaurants, quality restaurants all over the country for their expertise. With stock, you get the best of both worlds, all the style of retail with the price, continuity, consistency, and customer service of a traditional uniform vendor. They offer an assortment of everyday items that are ready to ship with no minimum order quantity, and you can make these items stand out then with small custom touches like embroidery or pins or or even hats. They can also design fully custom uniforms from the ground up to complement your restaurant's brand, decor, aesthetic, environment. They're now offering a special promotion for listeners of the Restaurant Strategy Podcast. Wholesale pricing on all in-stock products plus 50% off the design fees for fully custom uniforms. Visit stockmfg.co slash chip to get started. Again, stock, S-T-O-C-K-M-F-G dot C-O slash C-H-I-P. As always, that link is in the show notes. So as we move on and we look at the future of restaurants, look five years into the future, I want to talk about employee compensation. This is the the elephant in the room, and it's something that I don't think we're going to be able to ignore for any longer. Certainly over the next couple of years, I think we're going to have major lobbying efforts. There's going to be major legislation that comes down the pike that changes the minimum wage, that changes the tip credit. And I think with that, it's going to come the change to how tips can be dispersed. And I think part of the solution might be getting rid of tipping altogether. Where I think part of the solution might be keeping tipping, but figuring out a more equitable equitable way of passing around those tips, right? The inequity between front of the house employees and back of the house is great, and we know that, right? So, so the challenge becomes, are we going to do something about that? I think we can, uh, the, all wrapped up in this, um, is this very acute problem we're facing right now, but it's actually chronic. It's been going on for years. We just feel it as an acute pain right now because it's so, it's so dire. But the reason we have this staffing crunch, this staffing crisis, is because we're not giving people a compelling enough reason to be part of this, uh, to be part of this industry. Long hours, late nights, weekends, holidays, unreliable pay, or very low pay is not the way to entice people to join us, right? We've always survived by, uh, by this idea that, we're, uh, that we operate with a very low, um, a very low bar to entry. Right, that you don't really need a lot of training, you don't need a, a lot of education to be able to do what we do in the restaurants. So come in here, no experience required. We'll teach you how to do this, um, and that's great. But now, what people are realizing is that hey, there are actually a lot of jobs that I can do that don't require a lot of experience, and they've got better hours. Uh, they've got more flexible hours. They've got um, they, they allow me uh, to to get more of a work life balance. They provide benefits. They provide PTO. All of these things we're going to have to figure out. How to make good, consistent, reliable paychecks. How to provide people with a better work-life balance. How to give people the benefits that they deserve. We call them benefits, like there's something extra. And I think this is just this should just be expected. 
things like PTO, sick days, uh, health insurance, 401k, five years from now, this is going to be the norm. And whether we put everybody uh, on staff, get rid of tipping and raise the prices to, to, you know, to rethink our model, or whether we have to spread those tips out more equitably between front and back of the house. So maybe we lower the hourly wage in the back and spread those tips out uh, a little bit better. So we raise the price of the uh, the hourly worker in the front, we lower the hourly wage in the back, we spread the tips all the way around, and actually I think everybody makes out better. I think that's a win-win-win for the uh, employee, for the, uh, for the restaurant, and for the customer because they're gonna have a more reliable, consistent service. We're gonna get more longevity out of our people. People are not just gonna be looking for a job, they're gonna be looking for a career, and I think that's a good thing. Employee compensation will change considerably over the next few years. If not by our own hand, uh, by legislation. It is coming, I promise you. I've spoken to many people just in the last three weeks uh, that have talked a lot about this. Now, here's something that nobody wants to talk about. Because of all these changes, thousands of restaurants will close. Again, simply because they're not able to or not willing to keep up with these changes. I don't want you guys to be part of that number. Right, those, those thousands of restaurants that are gonna close, and they are gonna close, because they're not gonna be willing to look at a new compensation model, because they're not gonna be willing to embrace technology, because they're not able or willing to diversify their revenue streams and rethink their business model, because they're not making a compelling enough product to win out in a busy, saturated marketplace. Thousands of restaurants will fail. The listeners of this show will not fail because you are gonna heed the advice, listen to me, and take action. So now here's the silver lining in that. I think because of all these changes, all these things that are coming down the pike, I think our industry will become wildly profitable. I think it'll be much more profitable than what we're, uh, than what we're currently facing. But only if we utilize these solutions to get us there. Only if we embrace the changes that are coming. Now, I want to finish out by uh, with a with a quote by Jeff Bezos. So Jeff Bezos, right? We we know he's the uh, he's the founder of Amazon, the, the one of the wealthiest men uh, on the planet. Depending what day you look at it, it goes back and forth between him and a couple of others. But Jeff Bezos was asked uh, a couple of years ago. He was speaking. Um, he's speaking to a bunch of entrepreneurs and he was asked the question, he said, you know, as you look five years into the future, you know, what, um, you know, what are the biggest changes you're see you're going to see? What, what do you think the biggest changes are we're going to face, right? That's largely the question that I'm answering here on this, ep- this podcast, this episode. And Jeff Bezos in all his wisdom stopped and said, you know, that's a really good question, but I spend more of my time thinking about the opposite question. And everybody kind of like perked up and didn't understand what he was saying. He said, over the next five years, there's gonna be massive change, massive disruption in every market and every industry um, that we know of. And we're gonna see brand new industries that we can't even conceive of yet. But in in, in, in the face of all that change, I'm more interested in understanding what won't change. What are the things that aren't gonna change? And he said, that, when I answer that question, that helps drive every decision at Amazon. And he said, very simply, He said Amazon was built, right, or or really grew to what it is now based on three basic promises. Wide variety, cheap prices, fast delivery. And he said in in spite of all the things that are gonna change over the next five years, 10 years, 50 years, 
I don't think those are going to change. I think the consumer will want a wide variety of products. I think they will want low prices. And I think they will want fast delivery. So those three things are what we chase after. That is what Amazon is after. That's their why. That's their mission. And so I put that to you. In spite of all of the things that are going to change and all the changes I'm in, I'm inviting you, encouraging you to, to embrace, I also want us to think about what's not going to change. What's not going to change is this. People are still going to want to eat great food, drink great wine. They're going to want to want to have great experiences, right? People want to be taken care of. People are going to want somewhere to go. Never has that been more obvious than over the last two years, as many of us have been trapped inside our homes, certainly more than more than than ever before, right? We've been we've worked here, we we live here, we sleep here, we do everything here, right? That's not going to change. In fact, it's now become stronger. The pull to go out is stronger than ever, right? So people are going to want great food, great wine, great experiences. People are going to want to be taken care of. They're not going to always want to cook. They're not always going to want to clean up. People will want somewhere to go, to escape to, to celebrate, to do whatever it is they're going to do at your restaurant, whatever it is they do with you. That's, I think, not going to change. All of that remains constant. We just have to figure out how to navigate the changes, embrace the new expectations our guests have for us and for our businesses and for the world in order to serve them more fully and to serve them uh, in the ways that they want to be served. So remember what Jeff Bezos was asked, what are the big things that are going to change in the next five years? And he said, everything's going to change in the next five years. I'm more interested in what's not going to change in the next five years. Focus on that, embrace the changes, and use those changes to help do the things that you do really well, better than you've ever been able to do them. I want to thank you again for taking the time out of your day to listen. I am profoundly touched uh, that each and every one of you take time out of your week uh, to listen to me rather than all the other podcasts you can listen to, all the other YouTube channels, the courses, the TV shows, all of that. There's a lot you could be doing with your time, and I'm uh, I'm constantly moved by the fact that you guys take time out of your week to, uh, to join me, to listen to what I have to say. I am here to help you. I am here to make sure that you are building more profitable restaurants so that your business can work as hard as you do. One final reminder, again, I will be teaching two webinars, January 24th and January 25th. Do not miss the two secrets to restaurant profitability. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash webinar. That link is in the show notes. Stay tough, stay creative, and I will see you next week.